You're listening to EcoSpeak CLE, where the eco-curious explore the unique and thriving environmental community here in Northeast Ohio. My name is Diane Pickett, and my producer is Greg Rotuno. Together, we bring you inspiring stories from local sustainability leaders and invite you to connect, learn, and live with our community and planet in mind. Hello, friends. Today, we are at Brick and Barrel, uh, just around the corner from Merwin's Wharf. We just got off the river. Uh, we just experienced our first trash fishing experience with Eddie Olshansky. Um, you may have heard of him or even seen him. He's been become of a, a bit of a legend for his work picking up floating trash from his kayak on the Cuyahoga River. Over 50,000 pounds of it since 2017, to be more specific. Eddie is the founder of Trash Fish CLE, or CLE. CLE? Just Trash Fish, even. That's just trash a fish. way that people can find us on the internet. He's got to put the CLE on there, I guess. All right. Well, he's been featured recently all over the place. He's been on the Today Show. He's right. been on Channel 3, Spectrum News. He's got the Weather Channel coming up. He's even been the subject of a documentary called Fishing for Trash by Wonder House Films, yeah. I think it was. And most importantly, now he is on EcoSpeak CLE. Welcome, Absolutely. Eddie. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys for having us. I don't know about a legend, but you guys are sure making me feel nice. Yeah, we think you're a local legends. <laughs> um, why do you think people are so fascinated with you and even call you the floating garbage man? <laughs> because, yeah, I'm a weirdo. Like, this is not a real job. This is not a thing that most people are, uh, you aspire know. Aspire to do? Yeah, aspire. <laughs> I didn't aspire to do it either. It all happened by accident. So I, I fully understand where they're you know, where their questions arise. How did it happen by accident that you um, spend your days cleaning up the Cuyahoga River with litter grabbers and, and kayaks and any volunteers who are willing to come out with you? <laughs> any and all volunteers, mind you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I've... I, I've always been an outdoorsy kind of guy, you know. I especially love camping, fishing, that sort of thing. And um, I broke my leg. I was in a wheelchair for a while, had a couple surgeries and crutches, and fishing from a wheelchair it is no fun. So I bought myself a kayak, used off Craigslist. I'd never been in a kayak before, but I was bored. And I think really? the first time I ever got in it, I had to have my mom like help me put my cast and my boot in the in the boat, and I shoved off. Wow. And pretty much to rehab your right? leg. Yeah. Well, and to keep my, my arms <laughs> moving, you know, shape. and so it was, you know, and it's great fishing out there. That's for sure. But if it's easy to find the fish in a kayak, you, you bet uh, it wasn't hard for me to find the trash either. No doubt. So is it safe to say you're a fisherman that has a problem with trash or especially a problem with plastic? So yes. we, ju we just spent a couple hours on the river with two of our EcoSpeaks guinea pigs, Sherry and Laura. <laughs> Thank you both for coming out. They Thank were both you. newcomers um, along with Greg and me, uh, new to the trash fishing experience. And um, it was really interesting because I feel like this was more of an educational experience and it was a, a picking up trash experience. Although we did pick up a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of gross stuff. I kind of want to go home and take a shower, but we have our beer to drink and our podcast to record. But um, I think you use this opportunity to educate people about the problems of plastic pollution. Yeah, we're far. We're we're out there for a lot more reasons than just to pick up trash. You know, I. I want to bring as many Clevelanders down here. I want to make our river, our great natural resource that we have and great recreational resource we have down here as accessible to as many people as possible. And 
I kind of tricked them into coming down here with a free kayak and then <laughs> they're stuck getting an amateur science lesson from me while we're out there. So yeah. sorry for talking y'all's ear off, but that's what we do around here. That was kind of a surprise and that was a, a welcome surprise from someone who's been, you know, environmental educator over the years. The bait and switch. <laughs> the, the bait and switch. <laughs> well, um, how, I mean, did you get started I mean, doing this on your own, how have you gotten it to this point? Because you started, what, almost five years ago now? Uh, well, I got, my, I got my now. first kayak, I, I think, early 2015. Um, and this was pretty much day one. The first time I was out in a kayak, I brought, you know, a couple of bottles back with me on just the, the little lake that I went out on to try to learn how to kayak. I was like, oh, I, I could pick up some trash. And then um, I spent that summer fishing. And then when the winter rolled around and the fishing gets a little bit harder... It's still nice to be out there, and if I couldn't, you know, catch a bunch of fish, it was never hard to come back with a net filled with trash. And that first winter, like I said, I, I I was fishing less and picking up trash more, and I became obsessed with it. And I had a couple of kayaks just because um, my girlfriend wanted a kayak, and I, you know, bring one for a friend. And so I would bring out my friends, and they would see me doing this, and because I didn't talk about it, I definitely wasn't posting on the internet about it. That is still one of my biggest struggles with my organization is how much I have to put my face next to the trash, and people think, or, or even you know, I think of myself sometimes as, what are you trying to get people to see you? being a do-gooder or something like that. And it's not about that. And that's what my friends who were coming out with me kayaking for the first couple of times when they would see me doing this, they'd want to join in. And they're saying to me, you're doing something good here. And every piece of trash you get out of the river is great. But if you want to make an impact, you got to talk to people about this. You got to get people involved, you know, and they're smarter than me. So I listened to them and I started posting about it on the internet and we didn't have a name for our organization. It was just my personal page with my 200 family and friends followers. And slowly we were bumping up to a thousand and I changed the name. I decided this like was too important to just be like a, a side gig and I quit my job and here we are. We're trash fish now. Wow. So you're an eco evangelist slash trash fisher with over like a thousand volunteers over the years. Oh, you, yeah. You've brought out on the river. You work with school kids now and, and taking them out during the day. And Absolutely. Schools or, you know, even your office at, at your business or whatever. I can come in. I'll, you know, if you'd like, I'll, I'll bring you some trash to show you. And I'll just talk to you about some things around the office that you might do at home or in the office that can greatly reduce the amount of trash that ends up in our river and all over the place. Yeah. So talking to everybody, all ages, anybody that'll listen to me basically. And you, you provide, I, I think it's important to let everyone know because what, what enticed me is I don't have to lug my kayak down here. You provide the equipment, you provide the litter grabbers, the life jackets. We started off with the safety talk. You showed us how to get in the boat carefully from the, from the floating dock there yep. at Maroon's Wharf. So nobody, you know, and took so a, took a dip in the drink. So, so I wasn't just treating y'all special. It's free for everyone too, you mm -hmm. know? So anytime yeah. a volunteer would like to come out, they can follow us online and message me on Instagram and say, Hey Eddie, I'm bringing out three people next Tuesday morning or it's Saturday afternoon, whatever it is. I'm going to do my best to try to meet you down there with a bunch of boats and all the gear you need. And you get a, a guided tour of the trash in our river. Yeah. Well, I like too that, I mean, when we were out, there wasn't a lot of traffic on the river because, I mean, the 
thunderstorms and everything were blowing through all day. We almost were thinking of canceling, but we, you know, we stuck to it and we actually had the river to ourselves except for the tiki boat and a yep. couple of rowers. <laughs> but you guys got the true but, trash fish experience. We're out there rain or snow or shine. So uh, volunteers getting out there in the rain, that makes me happy. I like to see you guys suffer just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love too that we picked up um, another boater that was out there in an inflatable kayak. What was his name? Sure. Sheriff. 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 Yes, Sheriff. Sheriff. He um, just, he was like kind of lingering by. So I paddled up to him and I, you know, I told him what we were doing. He's like, oh, can I join? This is the best thing I want to get involved. So it's not you, the first time yep. that's happened. We yeah. pick up, I almost always bring a couple extra grabbers out with us. If I've got five volunteers out, I've got, you know, three or four extra grabbers in the kayak because never fails. Someone's going to come up to us and be like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And we end up recruiting them. Awesome. So you're picking up trash, you're picking up followers, making friends, making friends. That's what the river's all about. I mean, like you yeah. come down here and this is community. Like the people out on the river, you already have something in common with, you know, yeah. and you can start spark up a conversation with anybody, any Clevelander from wherever they're from. And you guys can talk about the river. Yeah. And, you know, combining something that's kind of a fun recreational thing with something that is having an impact and and you know we picked up five or six bags of trash and pretty a lot of stuff i mean oh, yeah. and as i said some some gross stuff but i didn't have to touch it i had the litter grabbers thank absolutely God. but i think it's important to talk about you know where does all this trash come from and why is it and it's not like people are standing over the bridge and throwing stuff into the into the ship canal i mean the cuyahoga river drains 813 square miles of Draga Portage Summit in Cuyahoga County. So anything truly that you see on the ground will eventually get washed into a storm drain or overland into a tributary and into the ship canal. So or straight into the sewer from your street and yeah, then a exactly. direct route storm to the drain river or the sewer. So much quicker. I think it's really important for people to know that all all drains go to the lake. And, Absolutely. And you shouldn't be putting, you know, motor oil down the drains, but also as you're walking around the neighborhood, and I've talked about this a million times, pick up the trash that you see, um, cover the garbage cans. Yep. And, you know, there's, there's much more, I think, that cities can do uh, to be cleaning up the communities and, and you know, making sure that, um, people driving through their cities have covered loads, so right. that stuff's not blowing you know, and then, off. But on that note, you know, like, it's it, it. sometimes for people it's hard to understand that it's not people throwing it directly into the water. And some people, that comes very easy. They understand, oh, this is how the sewers work and this is how the storms are bringing all this trash to the river. Then you go one step further and you have to think to yourself, how many times have you been driving down the street on garbage day? And even though the people did what was right with the trash, they put it in their trash can or they spent all that time cleaning their peanut butter jar to make sure it was getting recycled. And then it's blowing off the top of the truck that yep. came to pick it up. Or, you know, I mean, that's one way it gets out. And then littering, I don't really see as the issue here to me anyways. It's about thinking about your grocery list. Just look at the products that you buy because no matter what you do with them, they're not going somewhere good. Even a landfill is poisoning some community a couple of miles away probably from where you live. So just kind of think about not buying some of those things or getting stuff that has a good compostable packaging and actually compost it. People absolutely do need to change their buying habits because that's what's driving the plastic manufacturers to push more stuff out on us. But I feel like without, you know, we need a significant shift. 
cleaning it up after well, it's out in the environment is a small band-aid we got to start right at the manufacturing end L let me paint you a picture to take away their personal responsibility a little bit what if we lived in a world where littering was encouraged because what we were making our products out of was good for the environment oh a cool concept so if the bottle of pop that i just drank is made of cornstarch basically and has wildflower seeds from the region that this is being sold in because it was manufactured in that region too giving good jobs to people in that region you have the opportunity to throw that bottle out and if it lands on the grass all you did was in seven or eight days you have new wildflowers to look at yeah so the idea of littering no harm, no is really about material sciences it's about how toxic and carcinogenic this material is way above the fact that it doesn't look nice in our neighborhoods at least to me i know that's a oh. pipe dream but that that that's a, a little thing i like to think about when i think anytime i i even start using the word litter because i don't love that word it's got a lot of negative connotations well i hate litter i hate people who throw shit out of their cars and mm -hmm. there's way too many people you know, I'm very tempted. We talked about this, Sherry, at our last Girls Who Love Beer. People who throw stuff out of the cars and we're tempted to go, you know, call them on it. But oh, then please we don't, don't do that. But we don't want to, you know, get in trouble. But. Yeah, well, it's not worth getting hurt over. <laughs> so, again, just, just call Coca-Cola and tell them that they need to make it out of something else so that you don't have to worry about accidentally or purposefully yeah. dropping it on the ground. So, thinking about a better way to manage this problem, which is the waste trash that is flowing into the ship canal that will eventually end up in Lake Erie. So do you, let me ask you a question. Please. Do you remember something called Putzfrau? Oh yeah, certainly. Okay. I'm, I'm so, well familiar. Did I pronounce that correctly? I don't speak I, I'm German. Not, I don't speak German either, but uh, I, I do think that's pretty, pretty darn close. Uh, you know what it means. It means cleaning lady. There you and go. it was the first vessel that was uh, designed to clean up trash in the Cuyahoga River. The Frank Samsel of Samsel Supply, which you see on the east bank of the flats, outfitted a 56-foot tugboat with a vacuum, a crane, and um, a winch to clean up the river. And that thing operated from the 70s into, I don't know. It was very close 20... to becoming operational again a couple years ago. Did you catch any of that? Well, I think they were trying to do a crowdfunding thing yeah. so they could actually, I think it's in a dry dock, but they wanted to put it in a museum or something. Oh, but. I had heard, uh, I think the original plan was they wanted to get it back out on the water. And um, now that organization has two new uh, debris remediation boats, so they, they, they don't have to use the Putzfrau. Okay, so the follow-up to the Putzfrau is... Um, Flotsam and Jetsam. Flotsam and Jetsam. Thank you very much. No problem. Those those are owned by the Port Authority. Those were specially commissioned boats for, for the Port of Cleveland. Two custom vessels that basically do the same thing, capture trash from the river. Right, and so they're now not... Um, actually, I don't know if ownership actually changed hands, but um, they're now uh, operated by an amazing organization called Argonaut. Oh. Um, and that is basically a... It's a maritime and aeronautics trade school that we have here through CMSD, um, and uh, they used to be called Fast Star. They do amazing work. They run volunteer safety boats out there for all for all of our events, um, and they're how they're uh, they got you know very experienced captains and stuff. But then they give high school students the opportunity to learn to be deckhands or 
boat mechanics or flying airplane even. Really? And that's, that's called Argonauts. Huh? Argonaut, yeah. So cool. you should definitely check and them they, out. They um, man the Flotsam and Jetsam. They are boats, now so. in charge of Flotsam, Flotsam and Jetsam. Okay, so it's Flotsam and Jetsam and you. <laughs> yeah, and, up the river. and we serve a little bit different um, thing. Like uh, Flotsam and Jetsam, they're they're much larger boats than our kayaks. And as you guys experience yeah. today, the glory of the kayaks is that we can get up underneath all the trees in between the rocks and get up in the nooks and crannies yeah. where the trash actually is. Yeah, no doubt. Flotsam and Jetsam, they serve more to get out like logs and things like that yeah. that come down from the river yeah, after big storms, like big that. tires and stuff. So they're, uh, but it, it's 99% of it is fallen timber. Okay. And they do they, uh, which is cool. They have so like they're lacrosse... clear, clean, clearing the ship canal for the t- for the, for the boat, boats the big boat, more than yeah. anything else. Yes, okay. and that's not to say that some of their students aren't equipped with a lacrosse stick with a net on the end of it where they can scoop up a bottle or two. And that's I really appreciate them doing that when they're out there doing that. Okay, so um, if you were to quickly, because I know you can go on sorry, about sorry. this, but. <laughs> What would be your solution? Because we, we, when we were on the river, we talked about um, what's called Mr. Trash. What's it called? Mr. In, Trash Wheel in Mr. Baltimore. Mr. Trash Wheel in the Baltimore Harbor. I've seen that water wheel type boat that actually cleans the river <laughs> by capturing the trash in a water wheel that ends up going into a boat and then being filtered out into a dumpster. And that just cleans the harbor every day. Yeah, and it doesn't move. It doesn't cost gasoline. It doesn't cost man hours or time. You know, it just is automated and works by itself through, you know, pretty simple technologies like a water wheel or a simple solar panel. And there's just no reason we shouldn't have things like that in in the Cuyahoga. And I've been... And even have them like where the storm sewers come out to capture it Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's there's easier options than that. Just put a net on the end of it. Like, I mean, there's uh, especially uh, New Zealand and Australia are very good at putting catch nets on the end of their storm drains and they're just making us look silly. They're, you know, they're... We could be... We were once a beacon of environmental change because of the state of our river and the difference that we made here, we could do that again. We could be setting the standards for how to have good, clean, accessible waterways with such a strong park system, but it's not being done. And I I think that some really easy things can be changed and and we need to do stuff like that. Passive infrastructure though, like you're saying, that's that's step one. And I think we can involve existing resources that we have here you know, brain power through Great Lakes Biomimicry, Cleveland Institute of Art, their industrial design program. I think there are minds here that, that could be applied to this problem. So. Yep, and probably way smarter and, and better trained than mine. But what I can bring to the table, if any of them are out there listening, is the experience. I'm down yeah. there in the river all day long, all the time. I know where the trash is. I know where and when it's going to be there, judging by the weather and the conditions. And, and you have ideas. And I've got oh, I've got plenty of ideas. <laughs> he just needs money and someone to listen. So yeah, yeah, I those are the two hard things. I definitely want to put you in touch with with some people. Oh, I appreciate sure. that. Thank you. So well, now I'd like to like take it, turn the turn the recorder around to some of our volunteers today to see see about their experience. I'm going to start with you, Greg, and then I'll get to you, Sherry. So. Your first experience trash fishing, what'd you think? Was it everything you thought it would be, Greg? <laughs> it's yes, of course it was. Like you said, it's only a third of what you do out on the on the river is actually picking up the trash and um, that was interesting to me because you're really not gonna make a dent out there with a grabber, but it's more about like 
learning about what you're picking up and the science behind it and why and who who it comes from. To me, it was interesting to see kind of your approach and how it's more of an education opportunity than it is really about like making a difference in the trash that's out there, which of course we are. And you have taken, you know, I don't know the metric off the thousand pounds plus plenty more than that. Yeah. You know, however many thousand (laughs) pounds of trash off the river. So yeah, of course, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, and that's that, I mean, that is our main goal. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're threefold here. We're a third picking up trash, a third, just trying to get every Clevelander we can possibly get out there on the river to get to know the river and have some accountability for it. And then the third one is, yeah, maybe I secretly want to be a science teacher and no one will hire me, so I just got to fake it out on the river. There you go. Greg, what was the um, what were some of the things you picked up today? Uh, I picked up a oil jug, uh, a million like McDonald's cups, some straws, you know, the black and mild tips. Mm-hmm black and mild packaging or swisher sweet packaging for all the uh blunt rollers in <laughs> cleveland <laughs> throwing their blunt wraps into the <laughs> blunt wrap packaging into the river um, there is no way people <laughs> yeah <laughs> apparently away is yeah there is no way it's a good way to put it okay. um but yeah just you know stuff you wouldn't expect to find in a river when you're out on a kayak and it's all there yeah and then nurdles right uh, did, did you know the word nurdles before we went out? I did, but that's because I yeah. produce a uh, podcast about right, the environment, right. uh, environmentalism uh, in Northeast. Person. No, but person. I'm not. We, it, we have a nurdle. A nurdle was just nurdle. a precious, just a little precious. Here, jokey, let's, let's move it over. Okay. Jokey thing was a nurdle. Okay, well, I understand. Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Sherry Morbido, and uh, I was not expecting it to be as clean as it was for us trash pickers. I was expecting to come out. Like wanting to take a shower. Yeah. So, and and uh, that speaks very well to how well you have this set up, (laughs) and how safe. You know, I teach safety on the water, and come on down. This is this is well run here as far as getting you in a boat on the river. Um, But you mentioned something about the nurdles, which are these little plastic beads that, and this is not microplastics. This is before the plastics have ever been made into anything. These are the building blocks for all of our plastic products. Um, And because, as you said, it's not regulated, they can drive it to a processing plant in an open truck. And the loss of having the top of the load blow away is much less than even the cost to put a top on that truck. So the stuff is making its way into the water before we even get a chance to touch it, before it gets to be made into anything. So that was eye-opening for me. but what the other thing, and this might be the science teacher in you, you say you measure off a section of the shore where you were uh, collecting the nurdles. You measured it, you swept it, you collected it, you sifted it, you dried it, and you separated the nurdles. Why? What, what, what are you using that data for? So that's a tricky question that I will probably end up trying to avoid by the end of this speech. Um, but... Uh, I have an embarrassing collection of all sorts of trash that I pulled out of this river. My garage, my garage. Oh, you have no idea. My my parents, every one of my friends has something stored at their house that I just am too embarrassed to show the others. So I've got trash out the wazoo, um, and I keep it for a bunch of different reasons. Um, they're great visual aids for when I go to like a, a high school or a middle school, like to to understand what a nurdle is. I didn't as an adult for a little while, you know, and then so 
to see them bring them into a classroom and explain to these kids, have a bottle, a water bottle that probably was 75 or 100 nurdles filled with 7,000 to 10,000 nurdles to show them, hey, everything in your classroom that was made of plastic started out as these. And we all complain about single-use plastics, right? Well, here's a zero-use plastics. These nurdles were never even used. And um, so... This is, I'm going to go ahead and say on the record, this is not why I'm keeping them, but other people (laughs) in the industry have successfully mounted lawsuits, legal action against these companies because the biggest thing that these companies can say when it comes to just standard litter or trash in our, in our streets is we sold it, you bought it, the responsibility is on you. Don't come looking to Coca-Cola or Nestle to pay for the cleanups or anything like that. It's the onus of responsibility for the end of life of that piece of plastic is on the consumer. You didn't sell these nurdles to anybody. You can't tell me anybody littered them except the corporations that are using them. The only successful, like, whatever, trash lawsuits against these corporations have been because of uh, of very few but very effective efforts of nurdle collectors. I see you taking your collection and just dumping it on the door of some CEO. And, I mean, you know, with the, as you're as you're serving them for your lawsuit, yeah, it, they'll end up back in the sewer. So that's job security for yeah. me too, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Laura, want to introduce yourself and and tell us a little bit about what you thought about the experience today? Sure, I'm Laura Junglish, and I had. A great experience. I wasn't sure what to expect, uh, so I had all my wetsuit on, <laughs> just she in had case. A Tyvek suit on <laughs> and my sailing suit on. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, it was great. Um, it was disappointing to see the amount of the nurdles floating in the water. Uh, so now I probably will never unsee them in the water. Um, so thanks for that. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it crazy to go from having never heard of this thing to seeing thousands of them floating in a river that you've spent a lot of time in in your life? They didn't start coming today. Right. Right. Absolutely. And then just the fact of trying to go over to the edges there where we were going to see what was there and collecting this stuff, and I I got a lot of the um, what did you call them the cigar butts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of those. And then my yuckiest thing was the tampon holders. Uh, I probably got by five of those. And then just all the various and the sundry styrofoam just kind of floating around. Absolutely. And, I mean, to the to the tampons, and we also had some condoms and, and other things. And it's, it's yeah, all stuff. I got stu- the condoms. Yep. And uh, I know I saw a couple of. Uh, <laughs> I'll bet you did. <laughs> a couple of flossers. The that- litter grabber wouldn't release them into the garbage bag either. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be careful with those river snakes. <laughs> I think I kind of want to wrap up here just by asking you how, um, one, how people can find you and support you because this is kind of your career now. You, I think this is your job and, yep, and certainly. you're somehow making a living at it. Absolutely. So um, we'll start off with where you can find us. Um, we're definitely the most active on Instagram. Um, I'm... A far better floating garbage man than I am a secretary. So I'm sorry if I miss your message ever. Message me again and tell me that how foolish I am, and I will get to it. I promise. Message us on Instagram uh, at trashfish underscore cle. You can also find us on Facebook or Reddit or whatever other thing. Um, stay off social media though because it's bad for you. Uh, unless you're looking at trashfish um, or, or Eco Speaks Cleveland. Exactly, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and uh, so uh, you can find us on the internet for sure. 
I promise the page is pretty fun. We have some laughs. Uh, we learn some things. On the page, we often are dedicating bags of river garbage to people. That's one of the ways that our organization has made money or tries to stay afloat is, and I didn't really come up with this. Other people were just messaging me like, hey, it's my birthday. Will you pick up a bag of trash for me? And I'm like, absolutely, I will. You're weird. Thank you. <laughs> so now it's my mom's birthday or my sister's getting married or my boyfriend broke up with me and I want everyone to know he's a wet bag of river trash. I don't care what it is. <laughs> You, you know, and you, you choose what you want um, to donate. Uh, everything we do is either free or on a sliding scale. Pay what you want, pay what you can. Same for t-shirts or stickers or whatever. Um, our kayaks, like I said, are always free. So yeah, you, good point. I'm terrible at making money is what you've pointed out. Um, I didn't point that out. Well, you made me point <laughs> oh, it out. So any any time that um, we get but, any but, sort of financial help, that means so much to me. And 99% of it comes from my Instagram followers, that family that I've grown there. It just, they blow my mind every day. And our Venmo is up there on the Instagram page or PayPal. If you felt so emboldened that you were able to and wanted to donate to Trashfish, you definitely can. And you need like a corporate angel investor. Yeah, right. You know any? Um, no, but we'll find you one. All right. And then we'll I, I find like, us one, right, Greg? I like the idea. <laughs> I heard Donald Trump's looking for a job. Oh, yeah. I heard Donald Trump's looking for a job. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> man, there might be one person I won't hire. Um, but yeah, we were actually, um, discussing out there on the river today, uh, maybe auctioning off the, uh, naming rights for our fleet of volunteer kayaks, which might be fun. Where so we'll put your logo on the boat for the year. Yeah. Okay. Sherry's going to be your first yeah, member, first board of directors right? member. She's, she's my marketing she's manager already. Ideas. Yeah, she's got and it. And that's what I said. There's so many ideas that everybody's coming out with. So, you know, people are interested in this. Absolutely. You know, people want to make a difference. I, it feels overwhelming, but we, we could be raising money. I'm just bad at it. I, mm. it makes me feel weird. It's not why I got into this. It is, I mean, it's it's honestly anything. There are a lot of things holding back trash fish, and they're all me, you know? Yeah. And, and most of it is about money. So I'm not good at that. If any of y'all out there have good ideas for me, please share them. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of EcoSpeak CLE. You can find our full catalog of episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are available the first and third Tuesday of each month. Please follow EcoSpeak CLE on Facebook and Instagram and become part of the conversation. If you would like to send us feedback and suggestions, or if you'd like to become a sponsor of EcoSpeak CLE, you can email us at hello at ecospeakcle.com. Stay tuned for more important and inspiring stories to come.